Well, hello, and thank you so much for choosing to tune in and be a part of this thing known as the CMYK podcast. My name is Matt, and before we jump into the talk this week, got a couple big things that we want to make sure that you are in the know of. We talked about it in our previous podcast and week, but we as CMYK Church are moving our Sunday gatherings from being two gatherings in the morning and the evening, and we're going down to one mega gathering, if you will, uh, and that's going to be at 5 p.m. on Sundays starting January 5th, so 2020. We're starting the new year with a bang by having one gathering at 5 p.m. on Sundays. And on top of that, we're also going to be moving locations as well. Um, we have found a really, really great location in downtown Billings that we think is going to work so great for our t- adult gatherings. Um, and on top of that, it's going to work good for our kids programming as well. It's going to be Craft Local, which is located on Montana Avenue in Billings, Montana. And it's just going to be a really, really special, I think, beautiful space for us to do the work of CMYK together on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. So I want to make sure that you are in the know of that and that you hopefully would be someone that would come and check out one of these gatherings starting in January because I think it's just going to be really, really special to get the whole community, the whole church together to be interacting around a table together like we do. And Craft Local is just going to be a really special place to do that. There's tables and chairs compared to, you know, chairs bolted down in rows like we currently see at Art House. And so a much more kind of communal space and space to connect with people a lot easier. So I think it's going to work really, really well. Hope to see you there. Also, we want to make sure that you know, coming up in just a few days now is our Christmas Eve gathering. It's on December 24th. It's a Tuesday this year at 4.30 p.m. We are going to be hosting our Sing Along and Cider. This is one of our favorite gatherings of the year. We've got an incredible band of musicians. Uh, Parker Brown is going to be playing. A guy named Eric Olson. If you don't know him, he's one of the best of the best in Billings, Montana. Bart Barkak on drums. Just an incredible band that we're going to be sharing some really great Christmas songs together, singing along loud and robustly uh, together, and having some really good time as a community. On top of that, we have cider uh, that's going to be provided for everybody. So I hope you can make that. I hope that you're thinking through inviting friends and family and just uh, packing that place out and having a really, really great time on Christmas Eve, celebrating this season, celebrating this holiday of Christmas in the very unique, beautiful CMYK way known as Sing Along Insider. So again, that's Christmas Eve at 4.30 p.m. It's a free event, and we hope to see so many of you there. I hope you do what you can to make it there. All right, we're going to jump into this week's talk as it's a part of our Advent series. As always, thank you so much for being a part of listening in and being a part of creating this beautiful way forward together as CMYK. If you need to know any more information about any of the things that I'm talking about, or just about this thing known as CMYK, or you're interested in contributing and being a part of this community on a financial level, we would be so grateful for that. Anything that you can give, anything that you can donate is a huge part of us moving forward and continuing to do this work as CMYK. Hope you're well, and without further ado, here is the talk. Well, as many of you know, we are uh, in the midst of this series. It's really a seasonal series for us that we simply call Advent. Um, it's something that the Christian church for uh, really hundreds of years uh, has, has been celebrating this season and this time to point towards the coming of Christ. It was what Advent means, that there's something coming. There's an anticipation that where you are and what's happening and the reality that you're experiencing is not always going to be that way. 
And there's something to point yourself towards and say, this is coming. So within Christianity, the Christian calendar is pointing towards this thing called Christmas and the arrival of Christ. And so for us, what we do with this series is we kind of back away from, you know, just a topical conversation. And we choose to enter into what is known as liturgical reading of the text, a a calendar-driven reading of the text, and to understand that there are churches all over the country, all over the world, that are reading these texts because they're following this calendar of preaching, teaching, and interaction. And so this morning, that we would put that text in front of us as a community and ask some of the same questions that churches all over the world are asking this morning is, what does this have to do with Advent, and how does this impact our world Today, the text that we're looking at this morning is found from the book of Isaiah and written to a community of people that are longing for something different and something more. And this is what it says in Isaiah chapter 11. It says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. If you're looking for a belt for your loins, faithfulness is a good one. The wolf shall, sorry, is that sacrilegious? Sorry. Uh, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him shall the nations inquire and his resting place shall be glorious. Now, this uh, easily can feel like some sort of ancient um, scriptural language. This, the, some of these ideas, some of these pictures are things that we've potentially interacted with before, but what's important to note, I think as many of us know, is this text comes to a group of people that are not okay with the way their world is at this point. Things are not the way they want them to be. And here comes this prophet Isaiah communicating and painting a picture of what not just could be, but what is coming. And it's something that when I look at this, and I hope when you look at this, is incredibly beautiful and motivating. That this is not just a bunch of weird, flowery, prophetic language, but there's some, some true pictures that are being painted here that, for me, there's something in my heart that goes, yes, it resonates with what this text is saying. We just look at the first couple lines, the second line, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This, this is something for me that, man, the, the idea that there would be a reality that is understood and that is agreed upon, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge. We live in a culture, we live in a day where every single day we look at the headlines and just what's happening in our country right now. You have an impeachment that's taking place and you have one side that's saying this is reality and you have another side that's saying this is reality and there is no cross between those conversations of what's actually happening. 
And it doesn't seem like either side is ever going to come to a place to say like, okay, maybe this and, and there's this understood common thing called reality or truth. But that both sides are found in a place of, no, this is what's reality. And whatever you say and whatever you're doing, it's not true. And it's not reality because what I'm experiencing, what I think and what I believe, that is reality. It's happening on a political level, yes, but how many have experienced it when it comes to a relational level? You find yourself on one side of an argument and you find this other person on the other side of an argument and there is this statement of, this is what's going on. This is what's happened. This is what you said. This is what I said. And you have this other side that is communicating and saying, no, this is what's going on. And this is what you said. And this is what I said. And how many of us have found our lives just bouncing back and forth and we can't even find this common reality and truth. And so much of our lives and so much of our tension in relationships and politics, even in finances and what's the best way, the right thing, career choices that we would make, we find ourselves just wanting to deal in what's good and true and beautiful, but we cannot seem to agree or find that to be true. And here's this text that's painting a picture saying, guess what? There's going to come a day when this is actually found, that this Root of Jesse is going to be found as pointing towards and revolving around reality. There's something in me that resonates. It goes on. The light shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor, decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Just try to imagine. I know it's ancient culture, but just try to imagine a place and time in history when there is a judicial system that has the potential to just look at somebody and make some assessments about who that person is, who they really are, and what they really deserve, where they really should be. That there's no actual, like, true understanding of someone's humanity and that we're all on the same level. And whether you're poor or meek or powerful, strong and rich, whatever it is that someone is just, like there's this work that's being done, this, this passage is painting a picture, of, there's this work that's being done to say this is what's really going on, this is who you really are. And there's value, there's significance behind who you really are. There's not a box or a stereotype that you just put him, oh, he dresses like that, he looks like that, he acts like that, he likes these things, he doesn't like those things, he talks about that, he votes like that, and there's this tendency to just put somebody in some kind of container and say, that, yep, that's who they are, got it, nailed it. Put a lid on it because I understand it. And this text is painting a picture where there's a day where like, there's actual like, work being done. It's not just what about I hear and not even just what I see, but there's this interaction with someone in their real humanity. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. In other words, there's this understanding that what is broken, what is damaging, what is hurtful, it's called out, it's known, it's understood. Yeah, that's, that's brokenness. Yeah, it's going to bring damage, and, and we're not fighting, but there's this understood thing of, yeah, that, that brings pain. And then a picture that probably many of us have seen if we grew up on, in any sort of religious Christian system, the wolf shall lay with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. This is not a picture of everybody becoming vegan, okay? That's not what's happening here. There's this understood image of you have these two opposing sides, two things that should not be in the same room together. 
because there's just going to be destruction. There's just going to be pain. And this picture is one of not saying one side is going to prevail over the other. You've got to see this picture. It's not that one side is going to be better and going to be able to overpower the other and consume the other. And so now all of a sudden you just have one side. Congratulations, we did it. But the picture is you have these two opposing sides that everything, logically, everything within our minds and our hearts to say these two things should not go together, keep them separated. They actually find not just peace, but rest. They lie down together. There is this, okay, we're good. We're good. There's still two opposing sides, but we're good. How my man, talk about something that resonates. That we live in a culture and we live in a world where, yes, there's two sides to everything. And there's this tendency to believe that our work and our job is to potentially consume the other, overpower the other. That the lion is able to take on the lamb. And so obviously the lion is right and true and the best. And way to go, lions. You did it. Or the lamb is able to outsmart the lion, whatever. And because of that, way to go, lambs. You did it. And that's the narrative that many of us grow up in. And here's this picture in this image of like, no, yeah, there's opposing sides, things that don't seem like they make sense together. But there's this opportunity for those two to find rest and peace together. And then kind of lands the plane. It says, in that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the people of him, shall the nations, not nation, nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. For me, again, just last night when I read this text, uh, for me, when I read this text, there's something so beautiful and so compelling about these ideas that are presented, that reality is known and lived in, that people are seen, known, and embraced. They're not rejected by stereotypes or quick judgments, that truly broken and destructive practices are squashed, that two opposite sides can rest together, and that this is experienced by everyone. Now, when I, when I read this, there's something in me that just, yes, yes, yes. We talk about Advent as pointing towards something that is coming, that we hope for, we long for, we look forward to, and we don't want to miss. And so we take this season called Advent to make sure we stay focused and centered on what could be. And we don't just begin to believe that what is is what's always going to be. But there's something coming. And this is a picture that for me, I go, yes, I want to see that. I want to see that in the relationships in my life that I'm struggling to find reality. I want to see that in the politics of our country, our city, in our world. There's an opportunity to understand and see each other for who we really are, to understand what is truly destructive and broken and to agree upon those things, and those things can be squashed. To see a world where two opposite sides are not just fighting, two different tribes, two different belief systems, two different politics, but there can be this work to say, we can rest together. It's, it feels a little crazy. And all of this, for me, is hinged upon how this thing starts and how this thing ends. Because if you notice, it says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And then at the ending line, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a signal for all the peoples. Within Jewish custom culture, 
there was this belief in this idea that this root of Jesse was going to be known as the Messiah. The one that was going to come and save and fix everything for them. Again, I'm not happy with where we are, so we long for, we look forward to the coming of their word, Messiah, Savior, fixer of all. And then we can point ourselves towards this coming Messiah. It's a beautiful picture, but the reality is, is within Christianity, the belief of Christianity is there that this man, Jesus, showed up 2,000 years ago, and he is known within Christianity, and he is known within Messianic Judaism, as the Messiah, that he's the one. In fact, when we call Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, it's not because Christ was his last name. It wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ, and the Christs had baby Jesus, just so you know. There's a word that's brought to Jesus in our scriptures that's calling him the Christ, the Messiah, the one, the fixer, the thing that we would point ourselves towards to see something like this happen. And so here's the conundrum for me this morning, and potentially for you. There's this incredibly beautiful picture that's painted of something that resonates so deeply of, yes, yes, please, 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 let's see that happen. And then it's all hinged upon, and Jesus is going to show up, and this is when it's going to happen. Well, guess what? We live 2,000 years past this coming Messiah. And so the question for us this morning, if we believe, if we lean into Christianity and what this text is talking about and pointing towards, is this a reality that we're finding? Again, when we look at these things, that Jesus came and is this Messiah, Christ, do we look at them and go, Man, Isaiah, spot on, dude. Called it, nailed it. Or how many of us have actually wrestled with this thing called Christianity and wrestled with this thing called church? Because we look at these things and we go, you know what, it seems like this thing called church or religion or Christianity has the potential and the experience for some of us of the opposite of these things. Of being found judged and put in a box because of who you are, how you look, how you act, how you go about certain things. Of being found in a place of you either come to our side or we're going to just work to devour you, destroy you, take you out and make sure that nobody ever hears your voice, beliefs, ideas and thoughts because they're so, 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 so wrong. That church and religion and beliefs so many times can be found in There's this reality that you are experiencing and there's this thing called church out there that is potentially saying that reality is not reality. Our reality is your reality. And there's this mind spin of like, what? In fact, I know some of you in this room even wrestle with the idea of putting any sort of label on your life like a Christian or even a believer because as much of you resonates with this there's a part of you that goes yeah this whole Jesus church Christian thing it's not this and so I think I just need to probably need to take a step back so the truth within our belief system if you if you find some connection within Christianity is that Christ has come in other words that these things are at hand they're here 
And so the question becomes, okay, so, so what's going on? What's going on? If this is the outcome of Christ coming and we're not experiencing that outcome, how are we to go about that? And this, for me, is where the concept of Advent comes in. Advent is anticipating and waiting for what's to come. And when it comes to this thing known as Christianity, to look at these first few lines about what this Christ is going to be, that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. There's something about that. Again, resonates. Yes, this would be good. Well, within the Christian belief and within the narrative and the story of Christ, as many of us know, there's this moment where Jesus, multiple times throughout the Gospels, is communicating and speaking directly to his followers and anybody who's going to read these words and saying, you now have have my spirit. You now have the spirit. You now have this breath, this life, this mystery, this divine is now a part of you. There's this handoff that happens. And it's a handoff where Jesus then leaves. And the story within the New Testament, and the story within this scripture is that Christ hands off and says, okay, it's you. And so all of these things that we see, that we desire, we hope to experience, is something where Christ is looking at anybody who's going to pick up these words and say, breathe deep, everybody. Breathe deep. Because in that breath is spirit. And in that spirit, there is this divine work and understanding of who you are and what you are invited to build and to create. One of the things that I've had to understand when it comes to having kids is um, they leave their crap everywhere all over the house. And it, it, it really was a thing for me. I'm a little OCD. On a, not a little. I'm a lot of OCD. And it was a thing when we had Anders and now we have Margot and we just have toys everywhere. And I found myself in this place waiting just waiting for Anders to just start picking up his toys naturally. Like, you can walk, kid. Come on, let's do this. And coming to this realization and understanding, no, no there's going to take some work for me to understand. Just a part of my life for a season as a father, some of you have been here, is I'm going to be picking up toys every day after the kids go to bed because they're just not in a place to be able to do that. But then there's going to come this point and there's going to come this time when I need to be able to hand that off to my kid and to be able to say, all right, you got to pick up your toys. And finding that place and finding that time that I'm no longer in this space or Anders is no longer in this space of I can just leave crap everywhere and it's just as magically back where it was in the morning. But there is a work to be done here. Same thing when it come, came to potty training. Like we got Anders to aim for the toilet and everything is going great there. But there was this moment of me realizing as he gets older, every time he goes number two, he goes, Dad, I'm done. And I walk upstairs and he's just bent over like this, waiting for me to wipe him. And he goes, Dad, I'm ready whenever you're ready. He's like reading a textbook while he's doing it. You know, like it became this point of like, okay, at some point, dude, you got to wipe your own butt. I know this sounds silly. This was a revelation to me that I got to help him learn how to wipe his own butt. He can aim great, but now it's a point where, Anders, I'm not doing this anymore, dude. You know, it's your turn. 
As silly as that sounds, how many of us have experienced Advent or a belief system that is something where we are waiting for someone to come and clean up the mess? We are waiting for somebody to come and just wipe it up, make it clean, and fix it. And that this is our anticipation of Advent. This is our anticipation of Christ coming. And I think that there's something pretty immature and broken about that. That there's a potential for many of us, and I would say so much of the brokenness of this thing called Christianity, so much of the brokenness of this thing called church when we look at these, these items, is because we potentially have grown up in systems and cultures and environments where we're just going like this, waiting for Jesus to show up, and we're just singing more songs, hoping that it happens faster, and we're praying more prayers. Meanwhile, there's this direct invitation from Christ from day one. The spirit, the thing that's going to motivate, fuel all of this, breathe deep, breathe deep. It's there. And there's this understanding of at some point to see this happen, we got to start wiping ourselves. And just like when it comes to teaching Anders to wipe, it's going to be messy. There's going to be poop on things. And I'm like, that was like 15 feet away. How did poop get over there? And I don't even know. But it's a part of the process. I believe that Advent is not just sitting and waiting for someone else to come up and clean the mess. Not just waiting for things to just get fixed. But Advent is understanding a picture and understanding what's happening behind this picture that Christ has come Christ is here. Spirit is here in this moment. So breathe deep and that you and I would understand there is something so beautiful, so profound, so incredible that we would point ourselves towards and then ask ourselves the question, okay, okay, this is not about me just waiting for this to happen. This is believing that these same things that are being communicated have been communicated about me and my opportunity to engage in the world on these levels. The questions for us this morning, I think if we're going to healthily walk through Advent, is to look at a text like this and to look at a vision like this and to maybe ask ourselves a few questions if we believe that Christ has come. How are you working to understand reality? And I, I directly say not your reality, but reality. I believe that the divine God, Spirit, Christ only lives and deals in reality. And I know that I can have a very subjective approach <laughs> to how things are actually happening in the world. And it takes work to hear the other side, to see the other side, to, to work to understand reality. We live in an information age where all of us just love the idea that we would just be fed what's really going on. I don't see that in this text. You have been given a spirit of understanding and that we breathe deep and we go, okay, I can work to understand what's happening here and what's happening here and what's happening here and I can breathe deep and work to say, okay, what points me towards this vision? What points me towards this reality? And that we work to live there. It takes work. 
And so how are you doing that? How are you seeing those outside of yourself? Or have you found yourself, when you see a post online, see a statement about a different political party or a different group of people, a different belief system, that you automatically put them in some sort of category and box compared to working to see them? How are you working at that? And then how are you bringing two opposite sides together? For some of us, that's just called the holidays. <laughs> we bring two opposite sides together and see what happens around the dinner table. But this is the work. This is the work of Christ, I believe. Breathe deep. And then Advent is learning. For me, um, I look at these things and... I mean, this is, this is what this thing called CMYK is on so many levels for me. And just like learning to wipe your own butt, it gets messy sometimes. And we don't always know everything that we're doing. We don't always have it all together on every level. But I believe, and I'm so grateful for you being here this morning because I, I think that's, this is why we're here to see spaces and environments like this where we can talk about these things and find a more beautiful way forward together and find rest, peace together. And so it's my hope that you would see just by being here this morning and leaving that you are a part of this by being here and that this is so much more than coming and just singing some songs or coming and listening to some random thoughts that a guy has, but that it really is about working to see this kind of thing be created in our city and community and environment. So thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of this. But this is the start of something to come. And that followers of Christ were in this place of experiencing these first fruits, understanding and believing that I'm a part of this and that I leave this space to now engage with creating this kind of world. Because this is just the first fruits. Christ has come, yes, but this is just the start. And it only happens not when we sit around and wait for something to happen or wait for Jesus to show up or wait for even the other side to show up to us. But when we take this bread, dip it in the cup and say, this is just the first fruits. We're building and we're growing something here. And it's a vision that I believe in and want to see. And so we actually engage it, build it, breathe deep. I'm going to play a song. Seriously, take a couple minutes, and whenever you're ready, all are welcome to come to this table, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and be a part of these first fruits before we go this morning, whenever you're ready.